It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I recently received an email from my dear friend, Mike Cohn. Mike, keep sending them. I love getting your emails. This one talks about continuing your Scrum Master development. And he likens it to, I'm sure you've all felt this before, so I'm going to give you a comparison. He starts out by talking about, do you remember your first day at school, either a new school or a new school year, or do you remember your first day on a job, how you get that little bit of a euphoric feeling because you're starting out with a completely clean slate and nobody knows about you or your past or what's going on. It gives you a chance to build relationships and to to build a new identity for who you're going to be and what you're going to do to try to... Yeah, put yourself in a position to have the right friends or do the right things or or to help a company or organization be successful. But what happens when you go into an organization and it's not a brand new team and you're not a new Scrum Master? How do you know if you're being the kind of Scrum Master the team needs at that point in your Agile journey? What I can tell you is I have seen over and over again, I've had lots of opportunities to go in as a brand new coach. And what I can tell you is sometimes there's even a bias or a preconceived notion that a team or organization might have because they had a previous a bad experience with a previous coach. Or maybe they had a really good experience with a coach who left or moved on to a different organization. But there, there's got to be some things that we can do, some tips, some tricks, some hints, to help us understand where we are and how to meet the team where they are. And I think that's the key. I've talked about this before in other podcast episodes where we were talking about Instead of going in and treating everyone with bare bone basics and treating every team exactly the same, you should be able to use a guide, but you should also be able to meet the team where they are. So tip number one talks about rechecking your boundaries. When a team first started, maybe you worked within the organization to help the team uncover boundaries about self-organization. Things like, do they have authority to add their own technical work into a sprint? Or what happens if they find they need a skill set that's not found on their team? Or are they going to be able to make their own estimates on their own items and not be harassed by the outside to change those estimates? But have you checked on those boundaries lately? Are they still the same? Is there more the team could be doing that they're not currently doing now if they had a little more autonomy? Now that the basics are up up and running, could you explore ways to improve flow or decrease dependencies between teams. I also want to talk about decreasing the input to the hidden factory. A lot of times we are making the same mistakes over and over again because we're not finding ways to stop making those mistakes. We're we're recognizing that mistakes have been made in the past and we said we fixed them, but are we looking for a system of record, some type of source to say, hey, we're not going to continue to make those same mistakes. And I think that if you take the time to inspect the boundaries and to make sure that the team's not being heavily influenced by the outside, that they still can be autonomous, they can still do things technically the way they need to do, that that's going to help the team better engage and it's going to help them to really feel like what they're doing is adding value. Okay. So let's keep going. I mean, just last thought. I think that if you're looking for the answer here, It's that focus on continual improvement doesn't mean that you don't check back in on the team. You have to check back in regularly. All right, how about this one? Tip number two, be accountable. Oh, I love this one. 
uh, you know, you're probably tracking a bunch of metrics with the team, velocity, uh, the time it takes to get from an idea to delivery and so on, a weekly bug count maybe. But how are you doing your efforts to support the team? Are you proactively seeking out opportunities for improvement? Are you being honest and fair in your dealings with the team? When you tell a team member you'll do something, are you following through? How quickly are you following through? Are you keeping them updated on progress if it's something that takes time? And I think all of these things are key, right? You can help the team be accountable for their commitments by being accountable for your own commitments. You should set the standard. Your standard should be at least the same as the team's, if not higher. I mean, if you go in as an agile coach or a scrum master, you should hold yourself to a very high level of accountability because you're going to ask the team to hold themselves to an equal level of accountability. All right, tip number three, know when to break the rules. I say to teams all the time, if you're going to do scrum by the book, you're going to fail. That's what I say. Mike says, you can start by doing scrum by the book, which, yeah, I guess you can. Then as you go com comfortable with the agile way of thinking and working, you should look for opportunities to incorporate new approaches that might not be in the scrum rule book or may even go against a scrum rule. <gasps> I said it out loud. <laughs> it's true. And I think more times than not, when organizations reach a point of maturity, they have to do some adaptation in order to be successful. As Scrum Masters, we should know the rules of Scrum better than anyone else, but there are only a few rules and they exist for good reasons. Rules in general are made to be broken. One example of this could be time boxes. Each event has a time box and 99% of the time we should stick to them. But on occasion, common sense will tell you that it's not critical to stick to the time box. Do what makes sense. And I think the key here is just knowing where to bend the rules without breaking scrum. And that could be one of the most important skills to develop as a scrum master. You need to teach them. You can start doing scrum by the book, but you should never finish there. If your constant point of reference is scrum for dummies or agile for dummies, you're creating a bunch of dummies. So even if you've been with your team for a while now, you have a chance each day to make a new impression on them. I know that purposefully looking for ways to improve as a scrum master or to improve as a coach will help you succeed as a scrum master and help you be successful in everything that you do. So start scrum by the book, but don't finish there. Become the scrum master that your team needs and understand the role of leaders in self-organizing teams. If you can do those three things, that's going to help get you back on track and help get you targeted towards success as an Agile coach. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, thanks, Mike, by the way. Your, your emails are always awesome. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know what you're doing to help your team or help your Scrum Master stay aligned in the comments. And also, if you have a topic you want to discuss, feel free to reach out to us. Learn more at AgileDad.com. We would love to hear from you. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay Agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.